What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Force Sensitive. This is episode nine. We are now officially ahead of the saga. So today we have our usual co-host, Mr. Gort. How's it going? And we have our guest for the week, Mr. Matt. What's going on, fellas? Matt, you have been... uh, I've I've known of you for years, but this is the first time that we've actually ever spoke. So it is a pleasure to actually meet you in some regard. Double to you, Bobby. Uh, like I've said earlier, um, you know, I, I broke my back two years ago. And if it wasn't for Nerd Rage and my girls, I wouldn't have made it. Um, so, so I just want to say thank you for that. Well, there's not many people that know this, but we'll go ahead and put it out there. All of the Nerd Rage cast members are actually certified masseuses. So we traveled up to Matt's home and gave him uh, special attention. If you can catch my drift to get him through these, these Thank hard you, times. Uncle Dolphin. Thank you, Uncle Dolphin. He's the one that taught us, actually. Um, <laughs> but uh, so how are you healing and all that? How are you recovering? You know, so I just had another surgery where they added some heavy due to, due to your hardware. Um, you know, I'm walking with a cane, um, which is kind of a bitter pill to swallow currently. Is it pimping um, at least? But I, uh, I, could, I could probably beat somebody to death with my cane. Okay. If, that, right. if that came into it so okay. um that, that's good good um but yeah no things are going really well you know um i'm never gonna climb a tree again unfortunately but um right. you know my pain level and my mobility is is definitely on a on the upside so yeah well what are you michael jackson you don't need to be 40 year old and climbing a tree anyway it's my happy tree (laughs) all right so you dim the rules so let's get down to business i'm glad to hear that you are recovering and um i I wish you even more so over the over the next few months thanks bobby but let's get down to business so when did you first become conscious aware or see star wars so i was probably uh nine years old okay um we had just gotten HBO and I, I come from like a middle-class working family. So like HBO was a big deal. Um, and I, so I don't know what my parents were having. They were having like some kind of like, I don't know if it was like a marital aid sales type thing, uh-huh. but they were having a bunch of people come over. Oh, it was, like, um, it was probably, it might could have been a key party. It could have been, it could have been. <laughs> but, so here, 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 here's the, so my younger brother, who was two years younger than I, they rolled the TV into my parents' bedroom and they're like, look, if you have to use the bathroom, knock on the door, we'll come and get you and take you to the bathroom. So a weird, weird situation. I don't really want to know. Right. Um, but what was on the television was Star Wars. Mm. was on HBO. And yeah. I was like, oh, my God, this is unbelievable. Like, who's this big furry dude? Yeah. Uh, you know, like I just totally enthralled with the world and, you know, like, what's this all about? And then, you know, talking to my father about it, who's like a super nerd um, and having him say, well, there's a, there, there's a second one that's already out. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, dude. And, and there's going to be a third. And I like, like pfft, mind blown. Yeah, I always uh, it's something I, I think about um, only in hindsight. But like, I had no concept that there was more than one, you know. And right. 
And when my dad brought home that second one, it was like, what? You know, like, it, like it, there's <laughs> there, like I, I was perfectly content. I was like, this is this is going to get me through life. This one film. And then all of a sudden yeah, like, it's like, whoa, my God, there's six hours of this stuff to dig into. Right. Right. You know, and at that point, Jedi wasn't out. Right. Um, I think Empire had either just left the theater or, uh, you know, was just, you know, and he's explaining it to me. He's like, yeah, there's this, this snow battle. And I'm like, come on, dude. Like, you know, I'm like grilling him. I'm like, well, what happens? He's like, well, the bad guys win. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? Yeah. Bad guys <laughs> in the movie. Um, yeah. you know, and then I saw empire on, um, well, look, look. Before you get into Empire, before you get into Empire, let's 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 take our time for a moment. So, um, you were a big Chewbacca fan, I take it from from your the comment that you dropped, and it makes me I was too. It makes me want to ask you a question. Did you have pets? Yes. What did you have? Yes, we had we had a cat mm-hmm. named Shannon who mm-hmm. was like kind of a crummy cat, uh-huh. and then I had my dog Scooter. Okay. Who was like this? big fluffy german shepherd you know that that was my that was my guy you know <clears throat> i we did pets i ask um, i ask because like i was obsessed with chewbacca and han solo's like relationship as a kid and like i, yeah, I didn't ha- and i didn't have a dog you know and i always wanted a dog my uncle had akita's um you know, and I used to love just going over there and just being around the dogs. And then the moment that I moved out, you know, like I think I moved out and got my own place in July of 2004. And I had a dog by August 2004, you know, like, you like, I'm all in on this dog life. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it's, it's just curious to me that like, I do think there is, you know, obviously they're friends and, and companions and, and everything else. Mm-hmm. But like, there is something that I think resonates about those two with us and, you know, our pets. I I think I think it goes even deeper than that, Bobby. I think it goes to the level of you have that person that's 100 percent loyal to you. Oh, definitely. You know, like even when you say something in public and I don't agree with what my guy says, but I got his back. (laughs) And then maybe behind closed doors, like, really, you said that? Yeah. What do you think? And that was that was always my my thing, it was like me and my brother, there weren't a lot of kids in our neighborhood when we were growing up. So if, if I, if I had playtime, it was me and my brother, you know? Um, so there there was that bond and he was always a Han Solo guy. Yeah. He liked Han. I liked Han too, but like, like give me more Chewy. Right. Like right. if they just made Chewy movies from here on out, I would die a happy man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to I'm going to remember that cuz there's some questions I want to get to regarding that later. I'm going to make a little note of that. I'm I'm very professional these days. Um I got you. So, did you collect at all? Did you did you get into any of the 3 and 3 quarter or anything around that time being exposed to it? So there wasn't a whole lot on the shelves at that point, but I had a Chewbacca. Um my brother had a Han Solo and my cousins had a Falcon. And they left that thing outside. And every time I went over there, it was like full of green water. And it <laughs> bummed me out. Right. Um, we didn't have a whole lot of Star Wars stuff. Um, at that point, we were like busting into the He-Man type, type stuff and then right. G.I. Joe. So we didn't have a ton of Star Wars stuff. But I had a Chewie. Uh, we had like some Stormtroopers. Um, I had a Vader. 
with the with the straight up plastic cape. You know, <laughs> right, it was yeah, like for a, sure. It was just a you, you just slid his arms through, and then he, <laughs> it was like a vest cape. Yeah, backwards. Yeah, and it almost had like a Count Dracula swag with the collar. <laughs> Yo. Oh, you bend him down too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, those were funky <laughs> for sure. And I like the um like the little like extra fluff that hung off the lightsaber. Did you ever have any that had those? Oh yeah, yeah. I would bite that off. Yep. <laughs> you know what's funny? I, I have most of my vintage figures um, in some capacity, and like when I go back and look at them, like all of their hands are like chewed to nothing. Like I don't know because you had to bite their hands to so they would grab the gun. <laughs> maybe maybe that was it. <laughs> you had maybe. to like bend that thumb so like you get a solid grip so he wasn't like holding the gun like some sort of dirt. <laughs> yeah, which was hard to overcome. Which was yeah. hard to overcome. All right, so you so and another thing while we're on the topic, there was nothing worse, dude, as a kid going to somebody's house that had the stuff that you wanted and they didn't give a shit about it. Oh, like we didn't have a ton of money. Like we weren't like poor, right. but we, you know, we didn't have a lot of extras, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and my, my cousins like were a little bit more well to do and they'd have like tons of stuff. I, I want to, I want to say they had an ATST, like the big dog walker. Yeah. 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 Um, and like that was outside and like it was outside in the rain and i'm just like like i w- i would give my eye teeth for that you know yeah. and you don't even care like yeah. it's outside like in your sandbox all shitty you know Ugh. what's, what's yeah. funny man is i, I like I, I i zero in on this one point in my life that might have been like the critical moment that has kind of put me on the path that i'm on of like acquiring all these things as if it has some sort of intrinsic value. And like, I, I think it's this, I was at my mom's house. My mom had moved, uh, and, and anybody that this is a nerd rage or whatever knows that my, oh, yeah. my, my relationship with my mother is, is complicated to say the least, but, um, just a little strained. So the <laughs> one complicated th- is putting it mildly. <laughs> the one thing I will, <laughs> the one thing I will always give my mother, the one thing I will always respect about my mother is that my family, I, I come from this family of like, hardworking people and my mom is that to the t like she sacrificed everything for her work she worked her ass off and we went from with my mom on my mom's side from homeless to an apartment to a single family home and that was just her grinding and yeah that, that ain't no joke that's not a joke so i'll give her that to the day i die but when she moved in to this uh, single family home, it was the first single family home I'd ever been in in my life. Like all, none of my friends lived in that. My friends lived in apartments or townhouses. And, yeah. it, you know, it was amazing to me. And there was a sandbox outside and I was like, oh, my God, like I'm taking my Star Wars figures out there right now to, to play yeah. to play Tatooine, you know, or, or um, Jabba's, you know, Jabba, I built like a dug out a little pit in the whole bit. Right. Um. This kid came down and he introduced himself and he was like, you want to go play? And I was like, yeah, sure. And I, I left my stuff in that sandbox and my mom threw out the sand with the figures in it. Like, cause she just didn't care. Oh. And I came back and like, these were figures that my dad had bought me and I took them to my mom's house and right. 
I came back, the sand was gone, the figures were gone, and like gone, gone. And my dad was pissed, and it, it became like a thing. And yep. I fought, and this is after the kind of toys were out of circulation for the most part. Yeah. And I had to fight to get as much as I could back from like kind of then on. And I, I, I don't know if that specific fight has ever stopped. No, I, I, I think, I think, you know, with the adult toy collecting kind of thing, I think you, I think a lot of guys are like, uh, you know, they, there was this happy carefree place in their life and they're just trying to get back to it. Um, you know, and I, I can definitely dig on that. Um, you know, I, I think it's, it's really, like I think you could do like a, a serious book about adult toy collectors yeah. and you know the rationale behind it for sure. Um, anyway, moving on to Empire. So seeing it for the first time, do you remember how how that struck you? I thought it was the greatest movie I'd ever seen. How old were you? Like, do you think when you saw that? I think I was like twelve, maybe because uh, it was a, okay. Okay, it was a few years after. Um, after seeing uh you know a new hope right and just you know i'm kind of a car guy not like super car guy so i've always been into the ships hmm. and that snow speeder mac <laughs> like that that is still like one of my favorite just ship design you know just the whole the, the whole, everything about that movie i i was just in love with it was not a single like I would literally get in fights with people like, all right, that was a, that was a terrible, that was a baby movie. Like, you don't know what you like. All right. I guess we're going to have to throw down. here. <laughs> you know, what's, what's interesting is like uh, Lucas was like a big car guy, you know, and yes. like something about that, you know, something about his love for cars came through in that movie. And, and it also resonated with you. I find that interesting and fascinating, really. You know, and like, like I always look at the Falcon, like, as, as you know okay like the the outside looks like butthole you know it looks like crap <laughs> but guess what i put five thousand dollars into the motor and transmission <laughs> right. <laughs> right and i'm gonna smoke you off the road um and i i always that's always been my kind of like i'm not a flash guy like what's it got under the hood right you know right, right, I mean? right 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 well it, uh, there is like um you know, there is something about that specific time. I think that he came from that, like, um, yeah, like it, something, something about that, like that man in his car, that man in his machine, right. like it, it comes through in pr pretty much everything he's ever touched, whether it be yeah, THX or Star Wars or uh, that that World War Two movie with the the black pilots, which which people yeah. people hate, but I like that movie. Um, uh, Red Tails, yeah. Yeah, people hate that. Like, I don't pe think I've seen that. Yeah, people talk about it like it's trash, but I, I, I watched it. I, thought, I was like, man, that's pretty good, <laughs> you know. But maybe, I, maybe I have. Uh, maybe I mean, I, look at American. I mean, well, exactly. Well, that so that's the most obvious one, right? But but that relationship right. of them with their vehicles, I feel like that same relationship is just it's it's just transcribed into you know Han and the Falcon and Luke and the X Wing and it, like it, that theme is kind of always there. Absolutely, absolutely. <clears throat> so it's interesting to hear that that that. That because I didn't really care. It's like because I've never been like a, a car guy, you know. Um, yeah. But, but so it's but it's interesting because at the same time, 
uh, to hear you say, but it's also like you were 12 years old. When I saw Empire, I was probably six. And I was mm-hmm. like, I, dude, I, I couldn't get it. It's not, not that I hated it, but like I didn't care about it. And the only yeah. th- I would I would watch the Hoth sequence and then I turn it off. You know, like I would I was pretty much done with it. And but now right. in my older age, I want to get through that Hoth sequence as soon as possible to get to all the rest of it. You know, it's right. so fascinating, man. I, I talk about it all the time how you as you grow, you appreciate different things in those movies. Yeah. 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 No. I mean, I liked it. I liked it front to back. Um, you know, I love the Hoth thing. And um, when I was a kid, we had this. Uh, it was like an entire wall with a giant cork board. We had these push pins. Uh-huh. And I would talk to my dad about like, OK, so if I was the rebels, this is how I would deploy <laughs> my forces. And I'd the push That's awesome. <laughs> That's incredible. See, and now it, I know you're a tabletop guy. That's good. <laughs> you know, and it was it was just like, you know, like, okay, like our blasters aren't going to do it. All right, so what's plan B? All right, we got these tow cables. <laughs> We're towing around something with these vehicles. Like, I know, we'll right. just trip them up. Right. Um, it, it, like, just fascinating to me. Yeah. Um, you know, the the... Leia, the whole Han and Leia thing, yeah, you know, and of course more Chewbacca. <laughs> um, you know, it, it, I just from start to finish that that is, and it's still my favorite Star Wars movie. You know, you know hands down, yeah, for sure. You know, the three PO gets a lot of jokes off in that movie. That like, if you if you compare it, you know, in in a, in a means of tact to episode, mm. episode two you know like it's it's a lot more clever the stuff that he like you know like uh you know well at least you're in one piece look what happened to me and like all that stuff right. that really does land as like a comedic moment that doesn't take you out of the movie yep um why well, I, I i think in that film especially 3po got a set of genitals yeah because yeah. <laughs> in the first one he's just like oh don't you have to be like just kind of like kind of a punk you yeah. know, and, and, and in Empire, it's like, OK, they're not going to melt me down for scrap. I'm going to get a little mouthy up in this bit. <laughs> when he says, please, uh, no, 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 please don't get up. <laughs> you know, like that's, that's, yeah. a, that's a funny beat to me. I will say also that thinking about it now, watching Empire, like the voice of, I guess, the stormtroopers that are in that room. Mm-hmm. It never seemed like a stormtrooper voice to me. Like, it, I was like, this is what wouldn't this isn't what they would sound like. No. No, um, I, I would struggle with that. But also, like the um, you know, uh, you know, R two says his chances of surviving out there are so many, so many, so many to one. But he has right. been known to make mistakes, and then he like, right. and then he like leaves that beat from time to time, from time to time. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> like, like, a good moment. I, like I'm not taking all your hope away, but <laughs> he could be real, <laughs> and and like he couldn't in his like in his heart. He couldn't let the mistake thing ride. He had to like be like, look, but it's rare, you know. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I love I love those those little moments in that movie. Um, that that like, there's a lot more I would argue character moments in that movie than in most of the movies. You know, maybe maybe with the exception of eight, in my opinion. Um, but like you know the the little stuff like uh you know Han 
saying goodbye to Luke on Hoth. You know, right. and there's a lot of little character beats in that film that uh, I, I do feel like Star Wars could use more of. In, in general. Well, I I feel like there were there were I, I totally agree, and there are a lot of beats in that film that made you love these characters. Yeah, definitely, that was just like that. Like, okay, I like I like these characters, but I think Empire is like that old Bay seasoning <laughs> that just brings everything to life. I like I like the way you talk. <laughs> yeah, um, well. I'm from New England, if you can't tell from my super thick accent. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, I, I get Old Bay, and, like, I put that on eggs. I put it on just about everything. And my family is like, mayo is kind of spicy. I'm like, white <laughs> ah, people. Yeah. The, um, the other thing I was going to talk about uh, briefly was just that, you know, with, with Empire is – you know, like there's something about that movie that it's just it's just done so well and really it, I feel like it's a movie that it makes four make more sense. It makes six make more sense. Like it, it makes every other movie that's ever mm-hmm. been made make more sense. From, from a strong from, connective tissue. Correct. Correct. Well, I also feel like they 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 filmed that and did that in such a way that you you actually feel like this is a universe that's lived in, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just just from the small little details. Whereas the whereas a new hope, it was kind of like, all right, you, you're kind of telling the story, and like the side stuff is the side stuff. I just felt like you know where the Falcon wasn't working right. Um, right. Any punches? You know, it? Like, yeah, and it's just like yeah. I love I love when he uh, it's like the best moment ever. Like I feel like like when he turns he turns the falcon on it's like mm, and then he punches it one time and it's like, mm, like it's so good, dude. And that's like if you're a car guy, you've been there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you spend all day wrenching on something and you're like, "All right, here we go." And you turn the key and it's nothing. For sure. You know, and, then, and I'm sure that we could talk about Empire all day. But what about Jedi? What's your experience like with that? So Jedi, I remember my parents were away in Louisiana. And my grandmother took us to see Jedi, me and my brother. We saw it in the theater. And we didn't go to the theater very often. So it was like really a treat. Right. You know, you get that big popcorn. You know, uh, my brother was a diabetic at that point, a type one. So we didn't have like candy at the house or whatever. Right. My grandmother's like, all right, what do you guys want? You know, I, I'm like, I want a large Coke. Um, <laughs> like living the dream. Right, 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 right. Some M&Ms and, you know, watching Star Wars. I liked it, but it was an empire. Mm. So it was kind of, it was a little bit of a letdown. Um, but you saw this one in the in the theater. How old are you? Yeah, uh, I was. I, w- I want to say twelve because I saw Empire, and then I saw Jedi. Like shortly, it was within six months. You know gotcha. what I mean? Um, hmm. And I enjoyed it, and I loved going to the theater. And you know, the music swells, and you see that crawl, and there's nothing like it if you're yeah. any kind of. I agree. Any kind of nerd or whatever, um, there, there's just really nothing, you know, like, yeah, you can watch it on TV and I got my big flat screen and I have my threat. <laughs> right, 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 right. You know what, dude? Like, no, like 
the theater is its own special thing, and certain films need to be seen in the theater. And I think at least once you need to see a Star Wars movie in the theater where you hear that music and you see that crawl. Yeah, um, that first like orchestral hit as Star Wars hits, like the words hit the screen, bam, yep. bam like that. That's like yep. a sledgehammer to your chest sitting in that theater. Absolutely. Right. I also remember uh, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, but I, I remember uh, going to see um, episode one in the theater and opening night. And when it came up uh, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, this guy like in the front row was like, "Ah, I seen this one. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Like, I'll, I'll give you that. But like, you kind of ruined my moment. But like, in hindsight, like, all right, I, I'll, I'll give it to you that. That's. Pretty clever. <laughs> and I know he was waiting for years to get that joke off. Yeah, you, you planned it. <laughs> and then when it comes up. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So what was the, you know, because you, so you saw this like at, a, at an older age than I did. And so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious as to, you know, you liked it, but, there, you know, you were kind of disappointed only in the fact that it didn't live up to the previous film, which in hindsight, I can 100% see and, and kind of agree with, if at the very least yeah. understand. But what, what zeroing in on it, what do you think it, what do you think the elements were that kind of left you unfulfilled in comparison? Uh, I didn't like the whole Ewok stuff. Yeah, that would have been my guess. <laughs> Like, yep, no. <laughs> like Chewie, Chewie had a moment with Ewoks, and I was okay with that. Like, all right, like Chewie's doing damage, you know, with his little furry buddies. Like, okay, that's cool. Um, I, I just thought it was, and you, you guys have touched on it. It's like, okay, this primitive race takes, like, the, the, they're throwing, they're sharpening sticks over a fire, yeah. um, and they're they're taking on, like you said. I've sent my best men. Yeah, like that. Like who are you worried? That's the line, man. An entire legion of my best troops awaits them. Like that's the line that that I wrestle with the most. I'm like, your SEAL Team Six is trash. Exactly. And what's your worst guys like? <laughs> like are, are they like I don't. They were the, I don't, I don't, they were the first two that got pop coming on the Tanner Four. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Send Floyd and Roy in. <laughs> yeah. uh, Lord Vader, please give me the transcripts of all the Academy grades. All right. <laughs> I'm going to need you. You can have these four. I'm going to take these six. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and But then, you know, I also wonder, um, you know, some of those rumors about episode nine are true in regard to Palpatine kind of having this secret fleet, you know, and if he's had it the whole time, it kind of does, it kind of contradicts the entire Legion of My Best Troops line, you know, because like, but the, it's kind of the beauty of it too, because like it's part of his character where he could totally be lying at any given moment and manipulating the kind of space that anybody is is sort of you know, presenting themselves in in order to kind of achieve his goals. So it's, it, but it's, yeah. it's definitely like an Eddie out kind of cheat, you know? Yeah. It, it, I don't, I, like I said, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the Java stuff. I thought that was great. Mm-hmm. Um, as a side, I don't get the Boba Fett love. Like he's cool looking. He's awesome. <laughs> right. But like literally he got beaten by a blind guy with a stick. Yeah. By accident. He got beat by accident. 
you know, like um, for Boba Fett, a lot of that love also comes from the fact that, you know, it was a special mail away figure. And yeah, for those those select few very unfortunate individuals who happen to see the holiday special cartoon, (laughs) that's the best part of that entire thing. But it means that you sat through all the Wookiees. Yeah. I'm sorry. What of the droid attack on the Wookiees, though? (laughs) <laughs> they could only be so lucky for that. <laughs> um, but yeah, now, so let me ask you this, because this is something I've been kind of interested in uh, feedback-wise also, is what were your thoughts on Palpatine? I always thought, so initially when they first showed the, the little holocron of Palpatine, I was like, oh, is this some sort of alien? Like, you know, in Empire, it's like that, that like super hazy, like, you know, like giant brow ridge, like what's going on with this cat? Like, Oh, you know, I always thought, so Palpatine was like, like, who is this guy? Like there, there, there weren't a lot of answers and there weren't, you know, it was just like, okay, how did this guy come to power? Um, I always thought he was just kind of creepy, like this creepy old, like, you know, like the family guy, want to come down to my basement for some wine? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I kind of got that vibe off. Him. Like, yeah. he's going to offer me candy and, like, take me into his van. Yeah, I do think that there is something about him uh, seeing it as a kid that is scary in that regard because he, he's not physically imposing, you know? No. He's creepy. No. He's absolutely creepy. Um, and when I finally saw, like, saw him, I'm like, oh, what's the deal with this guy? You know, like, I thought he was an alien. I thought he was just, like, some kind of different type of humanoid that was, like, wrinkly and, you know, sunken eyes and whatever. Um, like, I, I never put two and two together till I saw the prequels um, that he was actually a human that, you know, went afoul of some force lightning as is want to happen. Hmm. I, I will say uh, I was doing a, a little bit of research on the side, and it says that... Um Following the scenes of Boba Fett uh, appearing in comics and being popular supporting character, George Lucas admitted that he had no idea that the character had become so popular. He mentioned that if he had known, he would have given the bounty hunter a more memorable death scene and considered putting him crawling out of the Sarlacc in the DVD release in 2004, but, yeah. but ultimately decided against it. I also came across this little bit of information about Return of the Jedi that I find <laughs> super fascinating. Like the, um, During the shot in which Salacious Crumb is chewing off C-3PO's eye, Anthony Daniels yep. had a panic attack while in the C-3PO suit. While filming, he didn't say his lines. He just was repeating, get me up, get me up, over and over. They dubbed over the lines and used that take in the final cut. Oh, no kidding. So, like, him freaking out on the, on his back is, like, for real. <laughs> Did they say sense. why he was freaking out? Uh, I don't know. It doesn't say. Oh. That's got to be super... I- I can't imagine you can really see all that great. Oh, yeah. And there's got to be some claustrophobia involved in, you know, uh, and then the lack of like, I'm, I'm sure he couldn't actually literally stand up. So he's kind of helpless, you know, yeah. like literally helpless. Yeah. And I, mean, I bet it's difficult to even breathe in that, you know? So yeah. if you start like, you know, hyperventilating or whatever, it's like this chain reaction of disaster. Um, so I, I totally, Hey, I can't fault the man for having an issue in that that suit yeah that's gonna be brutal and there's a lot of behind the scenes footage of him bumping into things and falling over you'd think he's a stormtrooper 
you know, but they left those shots in the movie. (laughs) (laughs) There's a couple other things on here I'm going to read. The Emperor's chair was mechanized so that it could rotate when the scene called for it. However, the mechanism never worked properly, so Ian McDiarmid had to make it move by shuffling his feet. A piece of of tape on the floor told him when to stop so it would not be visible on camera. Wow. Um, So he's just shuffling his little feeties under that robe. Yeah. And he said... How simple... Do you think that that mechanism had to be for a chair and they couldn't get that to work? Yeah, I know. I know. Right? And it said, um, when Leia gets wounded, if you look closely, you can spot Han Solo accidentally grab her breast before immediately correcting himself. Wah, wah. But in the same in the same notion, it says that uh, Carrie Fisher complained about her costumes in the previous two movies. She said that they were so long you could not tell she was a woman. And these complaints is what partially led to her outfit in the the... Tatooine, Jabba's Palace bit. See, I gotta disagree. I know I'm going back to Empire, mm-hmm. but that Leia in the Bespin white, like not when she's all dressed up with her hair like that, when she gets on the Falcon, oh, good gravy. I'd go to war for that woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, oh my God. Um, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's little hair doodads or... Uh, just that Bespin Leia, man. Like, whew. Yeah, no, that's, she's beautiful, like, in, in all, not all those movies, to be fair. All right, so, Dark Times. Moving into the Dark Times. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you How did you do? How did you handle it? I didn't handle it too badly because I had other interests. You know, I was I was heavy into fantasy stuff, so there, there was, you know, uh, a lot going on, you know, um, in other like aspects of nerddom, you know, for me personally, but anytime somebody was throwing down some star Wars, I was all about it. I'd be like, well, you know, the, the millennium Falcon is really like a Chevelle 454. That's kind of rusted out and blah, 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 you know, and you just go on. Right. So I didn't, really have, I didn't have a hard time with it personally. Um, I watched, we taped both of the Ewok specials. Um, <laughs> we did too. Well, actually, we only no, taped the one, Caravan of Courage. I didn't have the other one. So we taped both of those. I hated the brother. I was like, look, yes, if that was dude. like, if that, like, like you're trash. You're the older <laughs> brother. You're supposed to be looking out for your little sister. Like, really? Yeah. You're, 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 you're a, a Dollar Tree hand solo at best. Ooh. <laughs> he, he, he was obnoxious, man. Like, and like, you know, Joe and I watched it last year and, He's still just as obnoxious today as he ever was. Like, right? Uh, good grief! Well, yeah. Him getting didn't have blasted. to worry about that in the second one. Yeah, him getting blasted in the first five minutes. I'm like, good. Get get the f out of here because you're a trash. Her whole family. Yeah. Her whole- <laughs> <laughs> that was a dark show, man. It, it, like, yeah, it, that second one that, specifically. That that first one. Like it's relatively lighthearted, but man, the yeah. second one is definitely dark. Yeah, no, yeah. it definitely took a t- terrible right turn. And then there were the cartoons we watched, the Ewok. It was like Ewok something. I wasn't into that, but there was a droid one um, where every episode the the R two and three PO wound up with a new owner, and they'd have these little adventures. And that wasn't a terrible show, so I I was into that. Um, so the dark times weren't terrible for me. That's the, the the breaking of the dark times came when my dad 
brought home uh, that Timothy Zahn book from the library, mm-hmm. I snatched that from him. I'm like, yoink. And he, <laughs> you know, just started power reading it. And he was like, Matthew, have you seen my, my, my Star Wars book? I, I brought it from the library. It's only a seven-day book. I'm like, nah, Dad, I haven't seen it. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and meanwhile, I'm like flying through it, you know, reading it, just devouring it. Yeah. And I think at the end of that, I like put it under his bed. I'm like, I saw a book under the bed, Dad. Uh, is, is that it? <laughs> like, oh, gosh, it must have fallen off the bed. You know, I think that a lot of people, like when I talk to people about that book, everybody read it. And like they, the way they talk about reading it, like nobody says like, yeah, man, I picked it up and, you know, I read through it. it it's like I devoured it, you know, like right, I, yeah. I think people were so hungry for that stuff that they like yes. it could have been it happened to be good, but it could have literally been anything. Yeah, I mean, at that point, I think people were so like you said, I would say starved for Star Wars material that it was like just like this, like little little half a half a chicken salad sandwich <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly um th- what did you think of uh, of did you get into the eu from that or was that sort of where it started and finished I, I i did but i i got very rapidly uh disappointed with the eu mm-hmm. uh, you know i read i read a fair amount of the books um the ones that i did like were like the kind of like tales from the cantina yeah. would be like, Oh, what happened to Bib Fortuna after, you know, um, Jabba, Jabba gets killed. And like, I like those short stories, but some of those long form books, man, trash. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I've never been a huge Skywalker fan. Mm-hmm. Like I like, I like the, the side characters more than Luke. You know, I always right. thought Luke was you know, like, you're kind of a bitch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. You there's know, a lot of whininess, and you know, and, and it's like you know, and then the prequels, you kind of find out where that came from. You kind of, kind of got it honest, so to speak. Right, like it's like the Skywalker men are just kind of, I hate to say it, kind of bitch made. Right. Um, you know, like just kind of whiny and whatever. So I, I never really super cared about that kind of stuff, and I kind of like just felt like it wasn't like this. Like I'm done with this stuff. It was just like, all right, you know, like. I'd go to the bookstore and it'd be like, okay, there's this book or the Star Wars book. And I would, I would just gravitate towards the other book, you know? Right. Um, and just fell off with it. Um, I, I also feel that there wasn't initially there was control, but then, you know, as the EU started developing more and more, it just became the wild West and people were like, Oh, here you go. Yep. Like, yep. I, you know, I agree. do what you want. You know, and I think it really lost some of its charm and some of its specialness. Well, it even went to a point where you had zombie stormtroopers in a book. Yeah. yeah like, like, come on, man. Yeah. Come on. And what? the whole use on Vaughn stuff, like, I, I'm, 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 that's a hard pass. Yeah, me too. Uh, <laughs> hard pass. What, um, did you read Shadows of the Empire? I didn't. I wow. didn't. I was, yeah, I was kind of kind of out at that point um you know i had my own headcanon about what i thought you know happened previous to the movies and after the movies and i wasn't really super interested in somebody's take on it um i can be kind of book snobby 
if the book is poorly written, I'm out. I'm right. out. Right. You know, I'll, fin- I'll that's finish. That's fair. The- I'll finish the book that I bought because I'm a cheap Yankee. Um, <laughs> like I'll finish it, and even if it's the worst thing I've ever read in my life, I'll finish it. But I'll never buy another. That makes sense. Yeah. So, did you play the game? I did play the game a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the game that I really loved was a. Uh, Rogue Squadron from N64. Dude, that mm. thing was great. How oh. how has that never come up on here? I know, I know. That was I, an I amazing like, game. I feel like that is the the penultimate um, Star Wars flying type game. I agree. I never got into Tie Fighter because it's like on a computer. Yeah, I ain't got for that. Uh, you know, I want to I want to put something in a system, pick up my controller, and go. Um, I don't want to have to worry about media cards and FX players and, uh, you know, whatever. But that game, I spent hours on that game. That's why I got an N64 was for that game. Um, you know, and it just played the, oh, played that over and over and over again. Yeah, I, so, I got the 64 specifically for the Shadows of the Empire game. And then Rogue Squadron coming was just a, a huge bonus. But yeah, absolutely. The the one thing that I really remember is as soon as it was available to me, uh Farm Boy, that was the code you put in for the Millennium Falcon. Yep. I yep. love yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I would love for them and to bring some games like that. Back. Like it doesn't even make sense. Like, why is the Falcon fighting on Hoth? Like <laughs> weird. <laughs> No, I think would, the only one that you couldn't use it on was the Death Star, maybe, and I might even be wrong there. I, thought, I think you were forced to use an X-wing. Uh, I I want to say you could you could use the Falcon on that, and it was yeah. like kind of like a really large woman in like some <laughs> like it just doesn't fit and seems somehow morally wrong. Um. Yeah. <laughs> do you do, do, so? Let's let's. What about the um. What about those special editions? So, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I feel a way about them. All right, let's there, talk about there, it. There were certain things that I loved about the special editions. Um, I remember seeing the special editions and being like, like the just the picture quality overall was great. Unbelievable. Um, some of the add-on stuff like was very cool. But some of it was awful, like the do-back stuff. I'm into that. But then, you know, the in uh, A New Hope, when Han meets Jabba, trash. <laughs> trash. Absolute 100. Han, my boy. <laughs> Me boogie. <laughs> so you're meaning to tell me this guy is like super gangster, like Michael Corleone times 10 mixed with Scarface, whatever, like right. just a bad dude. And you literally walk over him right? Like, right. in front of his, in front of his minions. Like, yeah. I don't know about you, but if I'm Java, I don't care what you owe me. Like I'm putting your head on a stick. Yeah. It's campy. It's campy. <laughs> it's too much. Yeah. It's too much. Well, um, you know why that happened, right? Correct. Yeah. Because they had a, uh, a regular, a human actor and he walks behind him. But you know what? Just cut that out. Just edit that out. You yeah. know, don't, you know, don't do that. Like, or just have him step over. 
you know? Yeah, and it was they, even worse with Jabba's facial expression, like, oh, ouch, like, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. And that, that, ja- that, I just watched those movies over again this week, and that Jabba model, that Jabba, Jabba rendering, trash. Yeah, dude, they, looks, they've never like gotten that right. Guy. They've never gotten it right. It doesn't look right in episode one. It doesn't look right nope. in the special editions. Like, it only looks right in Jedi. It looks better it, in the Clone Wars cartoon. Agreed. Right. You know, I... I so, I, I like some aspects of the special edition. Then, you know, you get to uh, Jedi, and there's the musical number. It's like, I, I the first time I saw that, I literally... You know, pulled my glasses up on my head and just like was rubbing my temples. <laughs> it's wow. cringy. It's cringy. It's uh, like it's it's like uh, it's it's kind of like what I think people expect of Star Wars when they haven't seen it. Huh. Right. You know, and I also think that the only one that's like truly every change. I think, in my mind's eye anyway, that made that movie better was Empire. Luckily. Yeah. Except for, except for one. Which one? Tell me. I hate that they changed Boba Fett's voice. Oh, uh, you know what? I agree. Yeah. I agree. And and I think it does make sense to have made the change, but uh, no, but the you original know what? Not voice necessarily. Not nasty. necessarily. Like, just because he's a clone, he's going to have different life experiences. He's going to have different, you know, like like screaming and, uh, you know, drinking and smoking or whatever. Like, you know, like right. all of oh, these events, yeah, yeah. you know, getting hung over and puking. I was like Boba Fett. <laughs> I tore up his esophagus. <laughs> I, like, I, I don't mean to sound like I condone it, but like no, I get I why they did it. Yeah. No, I, yeah, no, I know. It's just like, it, it, I don't think it was necessary. I feel like they thought, oh, he's a clone. It has to be the same voice. Yeah. Right, and well, that drives I mean, me nuts. Like people, anytime, people get hung up on other things, like Han shooting first and all that. I'm like, look, that that sucks that they did what they did with that. But like, you ruined what little good we had of Boba Fett before he gets right. tossed into, uh, you know, a, a, a Sarlacc. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I also. Yeah, well, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Matt. Anytime they give Tamara Morrison work, um, I'm all about it. Okay. Um, he's the guy who actually played Django. And I think he's a great actor and like super underutilized. I agree. Um, so like that's I, I didn't have a huge problem with that. Um, you know, he was great. Hindsight. He was great in Aquaman. Yeah, he's. You want to see a great movie? See, uh, once we're warriors. Um, my ex-wife was like obsessed with that dude. Um, so she would watch that movie like. Watch it, rewind it, watch it again. Gotcha. Um, so, but we'll get there. Um, yeah. So, so let's um, let's move into this role playing game before we get to the prequels. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? You Absolutely. you got heavy into the Wizards of the what was it? I, I'm going to screw it Wizards up. Of the Wizards of the Coast. Riz, Wizards of the Coast. Which that, now these were miniatures, and a lot of times you bought them in boxes of like three packs or whatever, right? Something no. Like. So this. This was more of a D and D type thing, so there were they oh, had. Oh, okay. Um, so it was basically when the prequels came out, they uh, Wizards of the Coast kind of reskinned D and D and put a Star Wars flair on top of their rule set. Um, 
it was a, a great game. You know, uh, we played, I played a ton of it. I ran a lot of it. So I, like, I was like, I was the games master. Um, <laughs> weird. That's a weird flex. I would say. It, um, <laughs> it, it's like a totally useless flex. <laughs> but, but having said that, you know, it was after episode two. So, so we were playing in that time frame, like after episode two. So I kind of had to figure out, who how how am i going to get rid of the jedi to fit this narrative mm-hmm. uh, so so that there, there was a lot of that and it was a great game like there was a little, like little extra fluff and um you know you could kind of do what you know it was like D D. you could kind of do whatever you wanted with it but you you were playing in the star wars universe which i thought was great yeah mm. the um did they have eu characters in there as well because i know the miniatures did they did. They had like Mara Jade, and uh-huh. you could run different like time periods. So you could do um, the prequel period. Uh, you could do. I want to say they had a Knights of the Old Republic. Like they did expansion. have uh, uh, books for that. Yeah, so, books. You could, so you could do that, and then you could do you know the original trilogy, and then you could do like the Yuzon Vong crap, which I was like doesn't exist in my world but, <laughs> you know like i remember somebody saying well i want to be a survivor from uh you've gone wrong i'm like they don't ah, come exist. On. they get don't exist. Out. get out of here yeah. yeah yeah the um get out of here with that nonsense I will the campaign you. that uh my group played we were doing like kind of a midway point uh after order 66 uh, and before <laughs> a new hope and yep. just playing through a group of smugglers and we stole a ship and we're trying to sell weapons. Yeah. And that's that's the start of our campaign. I'm not going to get into, you know, all the meat and potatoes there, but no, it, was, it was a good time. It was a good yeah. time for sure. The uh, I'll tell you like from the outside looking in, I never got into any of that. I did have a lot of the miniatures from the the West End games or whatever it was that was years yep. before the the pewter or lead ones. Yep. I had a lot of those. Never played the game, but I loved to paint them, and I could never find like any of the proper characters. Like it was always like a pack of stormtroopers, a pack of rebel troopers, um, right? But uh, and the other thing I remember, I had the speeder bike, and I and it was all lead, I think. And I hope you didn't chew the hands on those ones. <laughs> no, I don't think I did. But maybe <laughs> I did. Uh, it would explain some <laughs> of my behavior later on. But like. I think that uh, what I remember most clearly about it, it was trying to get it glued together and how much of a kick in the balls oh. it was. Like oh. they were all super heavy pieces and trying yeah. to get the, the glue to bond between the pewter or lead parts was a yeah. pain in the balls. I, I also, I was super tempted by the, uh, the wizards of the coast miniatures, like just seeing them. I'm always tempted by star Wars, like to purchase stuff. Yeah. Um, right. But like to see them and, and to like be like man like like I could have all the characters like it's like they're making all they had a Jaina they had you know what I mean like I was oh, like man, they did yeah I was like God they I had just, uh, two did they I yes. might have to, I might have to still pick those up <laughs> um, you can probably get them probably pretty cheap yeah they, yeah uh probably like they, I mean they're not going to cost too much but like what an expensive piece might be could be like twenty bucks even right, now. right 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 but yeah but you're getting like a you know something the size of a quarter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, that that was really where I, you know, as far as extended universe stuff, like 
now I can create my own head cannon, you know, like I, I, I sent my, my group to Kashyyyk where, you know, the Wookiees are from and like had my own concepts of that. Um, how they would get rid of all the Jedi to kind of dovetail into the, you know, new hope stuff. Right. Um, you know, and I had my own ideas before I saw, you know, Revenge of the Sith, um, you know, about how, how that would all go down. And, you know, was, yeah. was pleasantly surprised how they did it in the films. You know, it was a little different from what I envisioned, but it was Revenge all good. of the Sith did something a little funky with uh, the Wookiees. They had, you know, the beach battle. Yeah. The only time that you ever really got to see their planet before this was the holiday special, which really barely counts. Right. And the Knights of the Old Republic video game where you were like high up in the trees and there was some serious yeah. like, you know, so city being action a, going. Like it looked more like a, the Ewok village, but like right. bigger. So being a super Chewbacca and Wookiee fan, um, like I, I did a lot of research on Kashyyyk. And basically the way I described the way it was described that I thought was the best, it's like a arboreal planet. So it's like giant trees, but every layer you go down, like, so, you know, you have your top layer, every layer you go down the creatures and it becomes more and more dangerous the further you get to the surface. I like that. You never actually get to the planet's surface because it's so incredibly dangerous and the lower you go because, you know, the creatures and beings and whatever are, you know, more and more vicious and intense. It makes me think of uh, Knightsdale Republic. Yes. Yeah, and that's exactly where that came from, you know. And it, so, I, I thought that was cool. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Let's circle back a bit and talk about the first time you saw the trailer for episode one. Blown away, yeah. Blown away because that it was it was pre it was like you were right on the like you've talked about it before you were right on the edge of you know the internet age. Yeah, so you couldn't automatically just go and be like, oh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch this trailer 35 times in a row and it's gonna take me two seconds. It's like you had to put in work. <clears throat> yeah, man. I I do wonder if you know how much of that accessibility takes away from the magic it it it, it one i would fall i would be in the camp where it absolutely takes away from the, the magic um because it's not a special event right it's even like you know back in the day on mtv with videos you know a new video from your favorite band would drop and you'd watch that shitty ass channel for hours yeah just waiting to see that video again you know you might even you know get your vcr all fired oh, 100%. up 100 percent one hundred percent. You know, I rem- um, and I, it takes away from the magic. I absolutely believe that. Yeah, there, there's something about. Uh, I, I remember when the episode three one was premiering. Adam TiVo'd it, and we felt like we had like beat the system. Like now, we could, <laughs> you know what I mean. Now we could watch it whenever we wanted, and it was you know right. Um, but yeah. I can't get- yeah, I, I feel, you know, seeing that first trailer and the music and yeah. the expectation was like through the roof. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. So let's talk about how that expectation played out for you. Uh, so to be fair, I was working for a guy who, like I was basically packaging 
like airplane model kits. That was my gig. Um, huh. uh, you know, just put them in a box, vacuum sealing them, and they go out to ship. Go out to ship. That sounds cool. This guy was a huge Star Wars fan, and he's like, he's like, look, I'm gonna pay you to go and stand in line to get tickets. He's like, get get whatever tickets you want. He's like, I want six tickets for the for the original showing. And it was a whole bunch of people out there, you know, waiting in line for pre-sale tickets. That, like it was like it was like concept level shit. That is um, awesome. And it, like everybody it, we were playing the trivial pursuit Star Wars game in the lot. Like it was a blast. And then I saw the movie. And I don't know if disappointment is the right word, but it's, it's in the ballpark. Talk about um, it. So, of course, we have Jar Jar. Uh, and I mean, uh, Jar, what's said about Jar Jar has been said about Jar Jar. So I'm not going to rehash that. That kid that played Anakin was so bad. Like, that kid... Like, I don't know what pictures his family had or how Lucas was like, yes, this is a, this is a great, great casting choice. I would have rather have Lucas's goiter have been. <laughs> did, did, did you, um, have you ever seen that, that making of episode one bonus footage where, no. so I highly like to anybody listening, like I can't recommend it enough. I think so. The documentary, I believe, is on the original DVD release. It may be on some of the others, and it's 1000% on YouTube. And there's a number of fucking amazing things on it, but one of them is them showing who they were casting um, or, or who uh, Jake Lloyd was competing with. And dude, there's this kid that just has Anakin. It's almost as if he came out of the womb with Anakin tattooed on his fucking forehead. Oh no! And for, and everybody around Lucas is telling him like, "Hey, what, what about what about this guy? What what about him? We're not forgetting about this guy, are we?" Like, and then like he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna narrow it down to these five, and he's like still in the running, and then. You know, somebody else would come in the room and be like, ooh, this, this, I'll tell you what, this kid was really good. This one, it's like you know, everybody is trying to tell him, and he picks Lloyd. Like, he, like, him, finger on the board. That's him. Yeah. And every, it's almost like a, okay, okay. And, like, they show Jake Lloyd's audition. It's trash. He doesn't know that yeah. he doesn't know the lines. He's screwing up the pronunciations. And this other kid is on it. And it's like, there's something, man, like, I just, I would love to crawl inside of that dude's head, so to speak, for just a (laughs) a minute to just see with some of these decisions, like, what led him down the road that he went on. Because it, I, I don't, I don't, I hate putting, I hate projecting what people were thinking or feeling, but watching it, but watching it, to me, it felt like he was just like, I'm in charge here. If you all yeah. tell me to go left, I'm going to go right. Right. And I mean, it, it, he does have some cast level of casting, you know, like casting Carrie, casting, huh. you know, uh, you know, he, so I don't know. I think maybe he's like, nobody sees it. 
but I, I see this kid's going to be a big star. Yeah, and I also think that there's some of that, like, like I know better than the system mentality that he's carried with him right. his whole career. Absolutely. Um, that, that, that comes through. There's this other sequence where he's telling, dude, it's like, it's like, you know how like uh, I don't know you hear like a great record or you hear like uh, or you watch a a great movie or a great show and you're like man I want to know what it felt like in the studio when that last line was recorded and they realized exactly what they had like what does Michael look like after he hears Billy Jean played back for the first time you know like I, like yeah. I think I think about stuff like that and and there's this one moment that it actually is that moment and it's um Spielberg is on the set of the outside um Naboo battle and yep. uh Lucas is talking to him and he's like so um he's like so yeah it's going to be all these robots coming down here and then on this side all the gugas are going to be coming out of the of the the forest and there's going to be this massive battle of gugas versus uh robots and you yep. can see in Spielberg's face that he's like man I don't know dude yeah, like, just, uh, sure, you're my boy and everything, but it sounds like but, shit. But I think nobody wants to tell him because nobody wants to be the same group of people that told him episode four wouldn't work. Do you know what I mean? Right. Right. But it's just right. so amazing to watch just all the yes men that he was surrounded by at that time. And Rick McCollum being the biggest, you know, like Rick oh, McCollum is the Jawa fanning Jabba. <laughs> <laughs> no, no absolutely i i mean there were there to be fair qui-gon awesome yeah 100 casting yep. awesome yep um maul. darth maul yep. like why couldn't that be the bad guys through all three of them it should have been you know what i mean you know like that might make sense yep that <laughs> that is the biggest star wars death to hurt me and I mean, I know he came back. I, I'm, I'm, I get it, but you know, like, like, like Court and I say, if it's not in the movies, it doesn't count. And, right. But that one, I remember. Like, I walked out of episode one thinking it was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen in my life. Uh, probably you could equate it to the speed that I read Heir to the Empire, which is right. might have been the first book I ever read by myself up until that point. Um, oh wow. Yeah, because I was just like, man, I was like, man, like, you know, I was in school and you were supposed to read these books. I was yeah. like, man, I'm not reading this. <laughs> you know, I would throw it in my backpack knowing, like, there's no way I'm reading this. Like, I, I, you know, like my grandma would try to read chapters to me because I'd be failing school, you know. But, like, yeah. you know, um, and then, you know, I, I was the kid the next morning that was like, hey, man, uh, you got the homework? You know, like, I was, that was me. Yeah, I uh, get it. But, um, I, see, I've always been a reader, you know. Right. Um, and I, 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 but I do get that. I just remember leaving that theater, you know, again, it was me and my brother. We saw it. Um, we didn't see it opening, opening. We saw it like the next day at like noontime or whatever. And that little bastard had already seen it. Right. You know? and so we went and saw it. And like, I remember on the ride home, like, yeah, so Qui-Gon was really cool. And, and he's like, yeah, but what about like the 20 minute pod race? Like, what was that all about? And what was up with that little kid? I was like, Andy, don't ruin this for me. Qui-Gon <laughs> was awesome. And Obi-Wan, awesome. Yeah. You know, Dude. so I, I didn't I didn't really say much negative about it because I wanted it to be so good. Yeah. And it just wasn't. You know, it's just not a great film. The um the uh the, I just wanted to circle back one one quick moment. The 
two things I want to talk about regarding this movie, but one of which, just to tie back, was even though I walked out of the theater saying how how much I loved it and how much I wanted to know about this new world, which is like another one of those like classic Star Wars tropes for fans, I feel like like I had the same thing after Episode yeah. Seven. It's like I need the, I need every I need every bit of information on this world immediately. But right. I remember uh, my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, coming back to my house and like we were just laying on my bed, and I like there was a point where I was like, "That's all the Darth Maul we're ever gonna get." And, right and like when that really sunk in that that it, like not, not to not to put it on the same level but there is something about like when i've had friends when i've had friends that have died which I, unfortunately i've had far too many but um yeah i've i have this moment it, it comes at a certain point like it comes after the grieving it comes after the mourning it comes after all it comes after the accepting it comes after all of that that i had this point where i'm like i'll never see that dude again like this finality, right. this finality of yes. it all. And I had, that's I, the only time I've you. ever had it with a fictional character. Was Darth I'm Maul. with you. That's the same thing. I've dealt with the same thing where it's like, I'm never going to, you know, I was a heavy smoker for a long time. Like, I'm never going to have a butt with this guy again. And, yeah. and you know. So to speak. Um, it's, it's brutal. Yeah, I agree. So uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about was like, this is probably the biggest flashbang of Star Wars merchandise that probably the, I think has ever been ever. Yes, did you get, agreed. Did you get wrapped into any of that? No. So I really like I what I did get. I got the uh, you know those little flick out lightsabers. Yeah, because <laughs> I never had a lightsaber and I always wanted one. I'm like, I'm getting me a lightsaber. Right. And I got a, a Qui-Gon figure and I got a Darth Maul figure because I've never been a guy in, in relation to collecting where it's like, I got to have every single piece. Right. You know, it's like, I like a guy, I'm going to get a representation of that dude. And I don't care about, you know, completing anything. You know, right. I want the people I like and I'll have a representation of that and I'm good. Hmm. So I got a lightsaber, you know, I, you're very lucky. uh, uh, (laughs) I suppose, (laughs) you know, I can just turn it off and on where it's like, you know, I got this and I'm done. Right. Um, you know, I got into some of the, uh, you know, like the added books where like kind of describe, you know, like the making of books, you know, I got some of that stuff, but it was really minimal compared to, you know, Attack of the Clones, I, I went a little, uh, as the kids would say, ham. Did you? So, yeah. So let me let me comment on, just on my experience real quick, and, and Gort, feel free to chime in as well. Mm-hmm. I fell for all of it. I, I, like, I am Joker in the Vata Chemicals. Like, yep. I was all in, and I was, uh, like, it was like, uh, it was like gluttonous. It's like the only way I know how to describe it. Dude, I, God, and, and it's because of the, all those years and years and years where nothing was available, you know? Right. And this was like the, the, the equal and opposite reaction. I had the figures. I had the Legos. I had the micro machines. I had the, the jars. Uh, dude, I had the push, I had the push button banks. You know, like the oh, I had, I had, I had the I, I didn't have the uh, the Obi Wan or the um or the Qui Gon, but I had the Maul and I had the Jar Jar. 
I like I had it all, and it, it reminds me of the conversation that Gordon and I had um, with with, uh, with uh, I don't want to I get I, I get I'm in this awkward position on the show where I have to like remember people's names and then also what they prefer to go by on um you know what I mean but uh, <laughs> yeah uh, L now L no customs L now customs um yeah Chris I think is how we how we addressed yes him. yes okay so um. I he when he was telling his story about how much he bought and then how much that became a burden on top of the real life burden that yeah. really resonated with my heart because mm-hmm. like I remember I only had a room I was living in my mom's house and there was nowhere to put all this stuff like it was literally probably the closest I've ever got to hoarding and wow you know and I fell I fell all in dude I got stuffies I got like anything when I walked into Toys R Us, like it was Star Wars, I bought it. Yeah. I just I had yep. no sense. Right. <sighs> um. Anyway, so I'm always no, curious I, how people how I, it affected other people. I I didn't like I didn't get a whole lot for that, you know. Like I got a Qui Gon lightsaber. I got you know the super cheap one, you know. Like, right, right, right. The little like plasticky bucker. Yeah, something. Yeah. Yep. You know, and I thought that was. I got some of the some of the like extended books, you know, like the making of where, you know, would show a a still of the of the movie and like break down like like, oh, this is this is this blah, 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 blah. I will say I enjoyed this like there again. I guess I am like really a car guy and have to be honest with myself. I loved a lot of the ship designs in it. Yeah. Um, They're the great. Gungan stuff was trash, but like yeah. this this like super sleek um you know like some of the 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 new naboo fighters and you know and i was kind of on the fence about you know oh do i want to get some of these ships or whatever and i just didn't because i didn't have the extra cash floating around you know right um and i just was like okay i'm good with i'm good with you know that this little bit that i have and i'm i'm okay with that um but i didn't go all in um, Attack of the Clones, that's a totally different animal. Oh, so let's talk about that. Okay, so the movie, um, my ex-wife at that, my wife at the time, uh, we weren't married yet, but we had been dating for a significant period of time. Um, you know, we went, we saw that. And when I first saw it, I thought it was great. Loved it. Loved Django Fett, like this whole like gunslinger kind of character in the star wars universe who you know and then i went all in on the merchandising i had a slave one i had just about every single figure um got the the bounty hunter video game like it was kind of out of control that was a tough game it was a tough game yeah really hard really hard but you got to shoot rockets out of your jetpack so it's all it's all good <laughs> what what do you, really I don't matters. think I ever used that feature to be honest, Gord. Like I was just all about those dual guns, you know. Like, uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna shoot you till you fall down. <clears throat> what do you think? What do you think it was about Attack of the Clones that made you kind of break character, for lack of a better term? Uh, I had I had spare cash. That, um, that always helps. <laughs> you lack know, of, lack of Jake Lloyd. Yeah, <laughs> lack of. Jake Floyd, um, Obi-Wan kind of get growing a beard, 
you know, Obi-Wan kind of becoming that character that I thought was, was, uh, you know, represented in the originals. Um, and you know what though, they, they gave him the beard and that was, I remember being really excited about that because that's, you know, memorable feature from the original movies, but they also gave him that hair. Yes. Yes, they did. (laughs) It was a different time, Gore. It was a different time. I've, I have never seen hair like that anywhere else. <laughs> like I said, it was a different time. <laughs> well, yeah, it was a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> right. <laughs> I kind of hope what I'm hoping for is in the newest film is somebody just rocking like the craziest Billy Ray Cyrus mullet. <laughs> And nobody's saying anything like, look at this fucking guy over here. But I, I don't know. I, I don't really have an explanation for it. It was like, okay, I can have a slave one. And buy, you know, I remember going to Toys R Us every Friday, which was payday after work, and dropping like 60 bucks on just nonsense. You know, like, oh, I got his damn whistle action figure, and I got this, and I got that. And like... Right. You know, I, I it really went off the rails for a while. The um, d- did you? So let me ask. I I I know I've already asked it, but yep. but let me try to. I, I want to pinpoint it. What is where where episode one failed for you? What is the difference with episode two? Because many many people put episode two at the bottom of their list. I'm not that person, but many people do. What is and it, I get it. What is it that worked? Like, if you had to boil it down into a sentence or into a word or something concise, what is it that that f- fixed the emotional issues or whatever that you had from episode one? So there was less pandering to a twelve year okay. and under that makes, I think that's. I think that's aptly put. Mm. I think that's aptly put. You I know, agree. there was. There wasn't like that cute thing that, you know, everybody had a plushie of. And I'm not against that. You know, don't like I'm not like Mr. Miser, get off my lawn. Right, right, right. But when the entire film is based off of um, like a goofball stereotype, a kid that can't act and like no, no real meat on the bone. You know, I, I, I think far and away that Attack of the Clones is a better film all around than um, Phantom Menace was. Like, gotcha. sorry. No, I get it. I get it. So what did you think of the Yoda scream? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do it every show. <laughs> but no, what did you think of uh, the, the light, Yoda lightsaber bit? Disturbing yet strangely erotic. Um, <laughs> so I, I have, I have, I feel a way about Yoda and a lightsaber. Talk about. Um, I feel, in my personal opinion, Yoda should be like so above. Like above I don't it. even, I don't even mess with that. Like I literally use my force powers to wield this lightsaber. Right, almost like, like- I straight up. I remember the days I had to use the air in a lotus position and, you know, close my eyes and I let my lightsaber, I'm so in touch with the force that I don't, you know what I mean? Like I don't even pull a lightsaber. Like it doesn't touch my hand. I get it. 
I get it. Mm. I get it. Uh, I, I um, I'm up for it because I love that moment. But but I get it. I understand why for the character you prefer that he be above it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. Um, like I, I just think that would have been such a better way to take that character, and it makes far more sense than the uh, the rabbit frog action that we see later on. <laughs> Yeah, dude. People, people, people are not crazy about the frog action. I, I love me some frog action. Um, well, my 16-year-old stepdaughter, you know, I was watching this recently, and she comes in, you know, she comes back from school and volleyball practice, and she's like, oh, wow, Yoda, Yoda's a badass, huh? I'm like, yes, Sydney, yes. Yes. He is a- <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, so what about uh, Dooku? How do you feel about Dooku? I think that was a an unbelievable actor put in a like put in a role that to me felt like that one last piece of clothing that you're trying to stuff in an overly packed suitcase. Right. I, I don't think like I Christopher Lee is unbelievable. Um I just don't feel like that character was like well developed, well scripted. Um, like he just seemed like a real throwaway. And again, we could have just put Darth Maul into that whole position and had a just a much more satisfying film. I agree. Um, I, I I liked it to an extent, but I I just felt like he was just wasted. Like he was just he was in it to be in it, and I. I don't feel like the character made a whole lot of sense. Like, okay, all right. So, you you know, you guys have talked about it before. Like this young apprentice didn't work out so well. So we're going to get this fossil. Let's let's see how that works, you know? Yeah. I I think I've said it on this show before, but there's this other like a bonus piece of footage where they're talking about the making of that movie. And they say that when they designed Ventress, uh, he came in and saw the design for Ventress and was like, this is it. And they were like, this is what we're going with? And he's like, yep, this. Or something completely different with Christopher Lee. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's just a strange, it's a strange, strange man. Um, so, uh, to close out the prequels, uh, what are your thoughts on episode three? I, I, I enjoyed episode three a great deal. Um, you know, it, <clears throat> having felt a lot better about the series as a whole with Clone Wars, episode three, like, I I have to say, I was, like, super impressed when I saw it at the theater. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, Hayden Christensen, like, a lot of people bag on him, but he plays angry, like, like... I've always been a pretty big physical type of dude, but the, like he's one of those guys that's like, I don't really want to start a fight with this guy because he just might pull out a steak knife and gouge out my eyeballs and then talk <laughs> about it. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I got this this vibe, like like there's something kind of sinister underneath this like pretty boy kind of face. Right. Um I did not care for the Yoda battle. I really there again, huh. did not care for it. Huh. I mean, it was, I don't like the jumping. Like I, in my head, Canon, 
Yoda is so far, like, so far above, like, needing a lightsaber. Like, he would almost think it was, like, dirty to touch it. <laughs> right, right, right. Like, he's just like, I'm going to use my mind and my intuition of the Force to, you know, combat whatever you're going to do. Um, it was cool. Like, it, it, there's nothing, like, wrong with it. And I understand why it appeals to a lot of people. Just for me personally, Yoda is so far above and beyond that level of um, just getting his hands dirty that, you know, I'm just kind of like, okay, you know. Yeah, whatever. No, that's uh, that's interesting. Is uh, like uh, I find that kind of stuff because like it's probably it's probably my favorite component. Uh, to be fair, I think everything with the Emperor is my favorite thing about that movie. I think that he is that movie, yeah. and he's also the Senate, but. He's 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 that movie personified, like in a physical form, and it's right. it's such an ode to his character. That's like, uh, it's it's uh, I don't know. I, I find that movie to be both good and enjoyable. Um, right. and, I, and I might even say I think it's the most enjoyable Star Wars film. Like it might not be most you know objectively, but my personal like my the most enjoyable film to me. I can I can definitely <laughs> dig on that. You know, absolutely, one hundred percent. Because it's almost like Star Wars turned up to eleven. Yeah. Well, you, you kind of, you know, having watched all three like in fairly quick succession, you kind of see like these little beats that he's putting in place. You know, um, like, oh, I, <clears throat> why, why don't, why don't you have Anakin come and help you? You know, why don't Padme? Like, there's just so many different things of him like laying this groundwork and you're like oh shit you know um when he basically you know he's been stringing along this trade federation for three movies and then he's like yeah well uh i'm having my new apprentice darth vader come and he's gonna help you and he just wastes them all yeah. like, oh so that's how you get down yeah you it's know? it's um i don't know man there's it's like there's just there's just like I think also little things like the fact that there's and don't get me wrong I enjoy the space battles but the fact that there isn't one at the end of that movie like I think it's to its benefit like I think it, it just absolutely it, it just boils down to the big conflicts between these big characters yeah. that in most in, in all respects are larger than life and we just right and when you just get to sit and watch it and like it's such a payoff for me no absolutely and I mean, being a fan of the spaceships and the space battles myself, I don't. Oh, you cut out a little bit, Matt. You cut out a little no. bit. You, you cut out a little bit. You said that uh, being oh. such a big fan of the space battles. I don't I don't need it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I don't. And like you said, you know, that movie doesn't need it because. These huge pivotal characters and like kind of put in this on this trilogy to lead into the you know into the originals right. um and i think they did a really great job with it um you know the no <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the no is a bit much the and, and then to, to add that into return of the jedi is far too much yes um but it's worse than too much there it yeah, ruins uh, it ruins it. an otherwise perfect moment yeah i agree I agree. They like, need to get that out of there. Uh, 
And we'll see what they do on this 4K edition or whatever they throw at us next. Yeah, I really think, man, that that like like, dude, I'll even take you know this the Jedi rocks over Lafty Neck, and I'll I'll, even those things that I find like pretty egregious. Like I'll take all of that if they just get that no out of there. Right, right. It's too much. Like you basically made the biggest bad guy for millions of people into a whiny bitch well, like and, and they did that before he became the bad guy too <laughs> that's true that's true no but that that was that was the final nail like like <laughs> there were there were inklings of it but then that was like oh oh what like i was afraid of this guy when i was you know 9 or whatever like huh well let me be clear i'll take the no in 3 over the no in 6 that's fair yeah, okay yeah. absolutely one hundred percent. So moving moving away from the the prequels, did you uh, did you partake in the Clone Wars at all? No, because I did at that point. I like I didn't even own a TV set. You know, I went like this super like almost like a monk lifestyle. You know, after my divorce, I was like, <clears throat> you know, work work is work is what I'm about. You know, I I worked two jobs. I worked close to 14 hours a day and I was just grinding, you know, and, uh, I didn't, didn't even own a TV set. What year did you get divorced? Uh, 2000. Oh, that's 2008 maybe. Okay. Okay. 2007 right in that pocket. Gotcha. You know, um, like as, as pretty much after it was like after it after Clone Wars it was like a year after Clone Clone Wars or something like that and I just kind of you know unplugged myself from you know like media I guess would be the best way to put it right um, you know I go to the movies and that was about it gotcha the um so the Disney buyout you get the news yeah how, how does it strike you. <sighs> You know what? I wasn't I wasn't that upset because I feel like George Lucas is a world builder, but he's not a storyteller, if yeah. that makes sense. No, I get it. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You know, like he, he's great at like coming up with these worlds and this and that, but like filling in the the uh human element. Yeah, it's not I his, don't think it's not his strong suit. Yeah, I feel like he's got a little touch of Asperger's. Just, um, like, I don't feel like he can really relate to other people like people do. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel like he can tell a story yeah. um, the think, way that other people yeah, can. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. So um, I was I was kind of relieved. Yeah, it's you know? funny, man. I Like, the you know, most of the people that we talk to on here, nobody, regardless of how they feel about what has come out of Disney, nobody is what feels negatively about it upon hearing the news when when i feel like <clears throat> there was this publicized reaction about it but like we just haven't stumbled across that person do you know what i mean it it it, it speaks to me on a level of how how much do we paint a general audience with a very you know i hate I like i hate to coin this overused term but vocal minority or you know at the very least the squeaky wheel getting the grease, you know? So here's my opinion on it, Bobby. Um, 
you know, I worked in the restaurant business and, you know, I kind of know how that all that works. Now, if you have a bad experience with any type of service or anything, you tend to tell 20 people. Mm-hmm. And so there's that. So I feel like people who had like this overly negative, they got on their soapbox and they said it on every platform that they could. People that didn't care, you just go about your life. You're like, oh, that's cool. And you go about your daily life. Right. I feel like when people have a negative impact, they're, they are more likely to sing it from the rooftops. Right. Um, and I feel like that, I feel like it was absolutely a vocal minority. You know, were there concerns? Yeah, there were concerns like, okay, are we going to have Lady and the Tramp? Like right. redone with uh, lightsabers, you know. Like there, there were those concerns. Yeah, I mean, I I was like the the thing I was concerned was would they go a super cartoony route? Like would we see a world populated by Jar Jar type characters? Right, you know? right. And I don't think that's been the case. You know, no, I, absolutely not. You know, um. So seeing Force Awakens, mm-hmm. what? How do you feel about that? I I I liked it. I really liked it a lot. Um, nice. I, I was kind of out of the Star Wars thing, you know, like it wasn't like my main uh, nerd like venue, but I saw that that preview man where where Han Han is on the Falcon and he says Chewie, we're home. Like even now, like I get tingles about that. Yeah, me too, man. Every now and then, I'll actually watch the reveal of that trailer at Celebration, like just to hear the audience reaction to it. Right. And like that hit home so, so deeply, um, <clears throat> you know, just the entire film. I remember seeing it and just being, you know, and not having the, uh, you know, how, how many years has that movie been out now? Four? Four. So, so like spoiler, whatever, like when Han dies, like, I don't think I've really been affected by a fictional character death that deeply besides old yeller <laughs> i'm so happy that you didn't say optimus prime right 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 <laughs> well i mean <clears throat> old yeller like i'm old man like old yeller like you i don't care what type of person you are if you don't get choked up at the end of old yeller at least a little bit i really don't want to know you yeah that movie crushed me as a kid <laughs> crushed absolutely. me absolutely um, you, you know what? Like, that's a funny thing watching movies like that. Like, I always recognized they were sad, but I didn't grow up having animals, and I I do now. If I watch, I uh, I probably saw that when I was like five, six. I don't know. Right. But if I watch that now, I'd probably be pretty upset. Yeah, dude. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's gut wrenching. That one, and I'll tell you what else. I have, dude. I I would rather. I would rather step on a Lego while simultaneously stumping my toe uh, while hungry on my way to the door to get the food that I ordered and the order is wrong. I would rather go through that immediate process than ever watch my dog skip again. Oh, Lordy Lou, that's a, that's, that's a, that's a rough one. That's painful. Like that one's like, God, like why would what maniac makes this movie? To like just right. it, bring the world to shit, and it's it takes like such a vicious left turn at the end. Yeah, You're like wait, what? Like, huh? 
I thought this was like a good time Southern movie. I'd rather, are there any happy dog movies? Uh, t- uh, <laughs> I, I mean, uh, I know there are. Yeah, but, yeah, no, but you know what? It is like, there's there's even, so even, many sad ones. Yeah, even Turner and Hooch like has that sad moment, but, right? it, it, but it ends in happiness. Um, right. But like my dog Skip is just a total bummer. And it's like I, I would rather watch Schindler's List every day for a month than watch my dog Skip once. That's right. <laughs> Like, oh, it's it, terrible. Um. Anyway, you have to experience it, Gord, if you haven't. Yeah, just, just, just make sure you've got your your game face on because it's it's coming for your life. Anyway, um, moving on. So, what? Hmm, this gets tricky, but maybe okay. Let's let's say what what characters were super appealing to you from seven. And then which ones were, – were there any that were turn-offs? So I, I really enjoy Ray. Me too. I like, the, I like the mystery. I want her – I want that mystery to stay intact. Poe, I've never been a fan of, like, the hot chat, like, bad boy. Mm. Like, that, that's not my wheelhouse. That's not the – that's the characters that I actively don't like. Gotcha. Uh, you know, like it's just that that type of dude that's all that's all style and no substance. Mm. So like like him, I could really do without. Everybody else, like awesome. Like Kylo, he's a little bit emo at times. Like, oh, daddy doesn't love me. You know, like. <laughs> Okay, dude. Like, I get it. You know, like, I don't, I don't know what to tell you, brother. But guess what? None of our dads loved us the way you wanted them to. So, you know, have a relationship and do what you got to do. You know, uh, Leia says that he's, you know, got too much of his grandfather in him. She, she just meant he's whiny. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's just, yeah, exactly. It's like the the Skywalker men, like. Until they, until they're on their last, you know, their last day or two on the face of the earth, they're just kind of not real quality, um, in my opinion. Um, and it kind of carries through. It's there's it's the Skywalkers that that that's that true. Hold. But they're certainly they're certainly not stable. There's no, no, you know, like that's that's the thing. Like there's 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 something in that DNA that makes for very unstable character um oh yeah a whole shitload of midi chlorians yeah yeah that's what it is <laughs> in the, in the so con- that makes you super stalkerish cool in the conscious of dead babies uh or yeah. dead children um younglings I mean, going going back to the the uh the prequels there you know anakin came off as like super stalkery you know um you know, I'm watching that and I'm like, okay, so if my 16-year-old daughter was dating this dude, like, I guess I would really have to put my foot down on this relationship because this dude is like, you know, just some of the stuff he said to Padme and like, like, throws up some red flags, man. Yeah. Like, really does. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you... Uh... I liked. Uh, there's something. There's something super charming about Daisy that it's just hard not to like her. Oh, uh, I, I, I think that casting was on point. Yeah. Uh, you know, and 
I was Kylo. Yeah. You know, and Adam Driver is actually a really good actor. I've seen him in some other stuff. Yeah, he's amazing. He's amazing. And he's, I think he's just playing the character that they, they have written for him, and I'm okay with it. And I think he cares. Like, I, I, gen, I genuinely yeah, think that he, that he cares about that character, what that character has gone through and is going through. When I read his interview in Vanity Fair... And he was talking about like the kind of stuff that he's internalizing with that character of, of growing up with a mom that was too busy for him trying to save the universe and a dad that was too busy for him kind of trying to live his own life. And every day being told that you're kind of this you know informal royalty, but not feeling like you're getting the royal treatment from anyone. You know, like right. like he takes that role. He he gives a shit. You know, and it right. and, and it shows. I think. What you're really seeing with him is a lot of the aftermath of what he's grown up with, but you're not getting to see that. And Correct. I think that robs you of, you know, his character experience. Yes, it requires you to have to fill in the gaps by yourself. Yeah, and we don't really have a lot of that, but he's playing a complicated character. And I'm thinking and really hoping that we get a lot of answers or more definition of what's going on with episode nine. I agree. I agree. Yeah, no. I, I think I think as much as that as much as I don't like that character, I like him a whole lot better than Poe. Because <laughs> Poe's barely a character. Correct. I mean, that's Kylo's the, at least interesting. That, that's the problem with Poe is they've done nothing to show you who he is other than cram down your throat that you're supposed to think he's cool. Yeah, I I just yeah. don't. He's just. He's the, the type of person in real life and the type of character that I'm like, I meet that cat and I'm just kind of like, all right, you do you over there. I'm going to do me <laughs> over there. The, um, now, I'm going to use that as a transition to kind of get us into episode eight. Episode eight does wonders for me with one sequel character, and that's yeah. Finn. Yes. Like, <laughs> I wasn't crazy about Finn in episode seven and I, I found him to be obnoxious. Yes. But in episode eight, by the end of it, I'm like, all right, I'm with this dude now. I'm, 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 I'm with this guy. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. He seemed like that jokey, almost Jar Jar like character. Yeah. And then it's like, wow, this dude grew up and he's like actually pretty awesome. Yeah. You know, I I feel like his story was done though. Like I don't really I do too. need more Finn. done I mean, in episode next, seven or eight. 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 Okay. I don't feel like I need more Finn in episode nine. I agree. Like, I feel like that from episode seven. He had a relatively full character arc from being scared, running away toward you know, and, and instead running towards the problem. Yeah, by right. solving it. Yes, but. In episode seven, I would still argue that his motivations are purely for Ray. And in, yes. in episode eight, he has now see that's the thing I like about Finn. He like, uh, like I'm getting chills thinking about it when I get him when I when I really get in my dissection bag. But he was part of a larger thing and never felt like a part of it. Ran away from it, 
found one person and then was good with just being a part of one person. Like, good, cool, come with me, we'll run together. Like, we, we can flee and get away together. Leave everything, leave everyone else. That person gets themselves into a pickle, he goes to help that one person. And then by the end of episode eight, he's now part of something bigger and willing to give his life for it. It's the exact opposite. So like in seven, he was part of something bigger at the beginning and not willing to take a life for it. And then at the end of eight, right. he's part of something bigger and willing to give his life for it. That's what I right. find cool about that character. Mm. Yeah. And I, I, I think his development was like when I saw, you know, force awakens, I was like, I don't know about this guy. Yeah. And there, there, there was definitely a, you know, by the end of it, I was like, okay, cool. You know, like, He's legit, but it, 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 at some point, you know, from the la- from uh, last last Jedi or whatever, you know, it like his character like told a complete story, and like you said, Bobby, it's like I'm down with this guy, yeah. you know. Yeah, I like him a lot, and and I and I know that Rose catches a fair amount of shit, and she's not my favorite character in the sense that she doesn't have that badassery, right? Um, right. But in in a way, I find her endearing kind of in the way that I find 3PO endearing. Like, she's not a badass, you know, but but that that um, that line that she has like that, that, you know, this is how we win by saving the things we love, not destroying the things we hate like that. That all that all works for me. It works for me on a number of levels. And uh, so I have a soft spot for but, you know, I think people are turned off to her for a number of reasons some of them fair and uh and some of them not fair but i i I think that largely people are turned off to her because it's a story about italian food and she happens to be moroccan you know what i mean like it's like i know i came here for these specific ingredients and this is an ingredient i'm not used to seeing and i don't mean that in any sort of stupid way like a race way or a sex way i mean that in a in a character archetype way right absolutely i didn't have like i i watched that movie and she was like i was like okay she's cool like she's this character that that you know isn't super self-confident and you know but she's got a set of morals I was okay with like as I'm watching it, I'm like, okay, like I don't have a problem with her either way. She's a good enough character, like she does what she needs to do. And then all that hate came out and I was like, Really? Like it just didn't make any it didn't it didn't I didn't understand where the hate came from. Well, I don't um, I don't think I think she's kind of like <clears throat> so you're you're five years old and you go outside and everybody kind of brings their toys outside and you're like, okay, cool. He's got uh he's got Finn, okay, cool, he's got Poe. All right, that's cool. He's got Kylo and Ray, spoiled brat, and then he and then yeah. okay, she brought Rose out and then I have a couple of stormtroopers and whatever. And like everybody's picking their characters they're gonna play with and you're the one that gets left with Rose. It's like, well, shit, you know, because, yeah. because because she's not a fun character to play. And I think as adults, we kind of look at these movies in the same way where it's like, man, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time with this character because I want the character that's kind of quick to draw, quick to get the job done, right. say a couple flashy lines. And yeah. And don't get me wrong. I enjoy that character as well. Um, that that type of character. But and, and I and I enjoy that character more than I enjoy a character like Rose. But I see, I see what she brings to the table for that story. Um, right. You know, as as little as it may be, I see what it is. 
Um, yeah. But what did you think about Last Jedi? What did you think about it? I, for the most part, I liked it. For yeah. the most part. There was one glaring thing that bothered me that I still haven't reconciled. Talk to me. So, we're, we're down to our dick and our diamonds, okay. right? The fleet is being chased. You have this, this maneuver that you could do at any point in time, but meanwhile, you let your already limited resources just kind of ebb away. Now, if it was me, I'm Laura Dern. As scary as that is, I got a giant beard and I'm Laura Dern, <laughs> right? <laughs> I, the first ship that's almost out of fuel, I'm like, all right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do this maneuver and then we're out. You know, I I can't reconcile the fact that they just let it drag on, and she had this this card in her back pocket. Um, See, for me, it's like I don't. I think that because I, I think the goal was to always get away for everybody to get away. Right. So it was kind of like a like okay, we're not going to get away now. So now we have to resort to this plan. Right. I I don't know. I just I just feel like they could have done it and gotten away. You know what I mean? But, I mean, if they would have done it, somebody would have had to go down with the ship. Do you know what I mean? You could always right. say that, like, a droid could have piloted it. and that's We've seen R2 do all kinds of stuff, so oh, I, I, I don't I, see why that's out of the realm of possibility. Oh, I see. Were At you, the same time, when you introduce a sequence like that, it is a big can of worms, one way or the other. Yeah. It, I feel like it's something better to just look past it and not worry too much about it. I'm not sure uh, that I appreciate how much... Uh, how much appreciation you have for the value of droid life, Gort. <laughs> you know, you can't just make one. <laughs> but I don't know. It looked pretty easy on Geonosis. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty involved, dude. It, and it's also a nightmare. But, but um, I, I, hear, I hear you on that. There, there is like there is some strategic dynamics of that scene, of that, that, that not even scene, that story element that right. don't quite play out smoothly. And I, I get it. Um, it doesn't bother me. The only like real issue that I have with that movie is uh, like that, that initial joke I think is the biggest mistake oh. in that entire movie. Um, yeah. That, and there again, it's pretty boy Poe. <laughs> <in his mouth. laughs> um, you know, and then also yeah, I, I agree. the cano bite sequence. I think there's too many moving pieces, but I think I've harped on that enough. Um, yeah, that that went on for that could have that story could have been told in ten minutes. Yep. Um, and that's and generous. Then, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Um. So. Uh. But you're good. You're good with the Luke play out. You're good with. Um, Perfect. Yeah, Perfect dude. Me it. too, man. So let's uh, because we're gonna circle back to some sequel talk. Let's um, let's get into Rogue One briefly. So that's my second favorite Star Wars movie of all time. Yeah, I and, agree. Uh, and it's it's very close to being Empire. If there was if Chewbacca was in it, even for uh, two minutes, like just like does a Wookiee yell, I'd say that would be my number one Star Wars. Film. Yeah, dude, it's it's pretty solid. And I just watched it again recently, and I was like, man, like this thing just is really tight. Um, the thing I liked about it most, Bobby was the fact that 
you finally realize that the rebels aren't like these ultimate do-gooders. Like they literally bombed innocent civilians and like we're in a war and blood is shed. Um, war is messy. No joke. Yes. And, and, and black and white quickly becomes variants of gray. Absolutely. You know, I I love all that stuff. I, I I thought it was well scripted, well acted. I don't think there was a miss anywhere in the entire casting production. I, I think that's the closest thing to a perfect Star Wars movie that we have up until this point. I agree. And, and also, sure it's not the Caravan of Courage. <laughs> Star Cruiser. <laughs> um, yeah, but that was on television. <laughs> True, it's disqualified. Well, uh, it's it, not the same pocket. It, it can't reign supreme. The 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 it's thing right. the thing about uh, there's another like I think that that movie has great characters in it. Like, and every character gets their beat. Every character has their moment. Every yes. character has like a, a little like interesting nugget about them, and then time to shine on top of it. And one of them that I feel like goes underappreciated in kind of the echelon, and it's and it's to that film's credit because it has so many great characters that people just forget. I think, but it's Krennic. Krennic is awesome and there's one thing that I I noticed about him early on that like I loved was like the dude's Australian right and like more of that Australian accent comes through than his British accent and like not to to diss Australians or anything but it's like even in the way this dude talks he's not quite up to snuff for the Empire right like there's just something off about him yeah like and he's like he's got to he's got to wear the white, like he's got to be right. extra. Like he, he's like a peacock with trash feathers, but he has to have them out all the time just to show you he's got them. Right, right, yeah. And he, th- there's just something inherently like slimy, and like I wouldn't trust this guy to watch my dog. Yeah, because I I'd come home and that trash would have been eaten, and my dog's pregnant. You my, know, like my favorite line of his is when uh, the, the uh, uh, Galen is talking about Lara, I think Lara, Lyra, whatever her name is, that, that mm-hmm. you know, that it's been lonely since she died and it's kind of been a bummer. And he's like, oh, yes, of course, Lyra. And then he turns his head slightly to the Death Troopers. He's like, search the house. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I don't, like, he's like, he's like, oh, yes, of course. Yeah, I don't believe that for a second. Let's find out how true that shit is. Right. Um, I, 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 I dig just him. A- it's just a great, great movie overall. Like, I, I just can't, like, I know people like bag on it and don't like it, but I'm like, on the same token, I feel, are you watching the same movie I'm watching? I think to be fair, I think maybe aside from seven, it's, it might, it might be the most popular of these Disney films. Like kind of generally, like I, I think that most people that I bump into, like don't have anything negative to say about it, you know, except for Gort. Gort and Russ. I don't know. It's my favorite movie, man. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know what I don't know what Russ's deal is. I'm like, <laughs> like, did you see the same movie I did? I know, man. I know. I get it. Or, or you just hating on it because everybody loves it. I might have to. Are I might, you that guy? I might have to pick into him next time I see him. Find out what makes that man tick. So, so I wanted to ask you about Chewie because uh, he's a favorite character of yours, and I wanted to ask you about him in regards to the solo movie because that had to be rewarding on some level. Because most people feel like that movie yes. was mistitled. You know what I mean? Yeah, I 
So I got to see Chewbacca rip somebody's arms off. Yes. <laughs> right, right. And and I you get I a lot of people hated Solo. There were problems with it. Overall, I thought it was great. Love uh, it. Yeah, I think you I, know. I think most people enjoy that one too, man. To be honest, I, I think that it's eight. Eight is the one that people really hate, and then some of that stuff kind of spills into other places. But yeah, you know, like uh, people paint the Disney films with a broad brush, but I feel like the the reaction to to seven was majority positive. The reaction to Rogue One was majority positive. The reaction to Solo was mostly positive. But it, you know, the, yeah. the, a lot of the hate that spilled into Solo was the same bullshit left over from Last Jedi with Solo and all that trash, like. That, right. that you know what I mean, but most yeah. people I know that had anything negative to say hadn't even seen the movie. Right, they were scared to see it. Right, and 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 Solo is not my favorite, like by by any stretch of the imagination. And no, I go up and down with it. Like I, the first time I watched it, I didn't care for it. Second time I watched it, I liked it a lot. And then I just watched it recently, and I was like, oh, actually, I don't care for this a whole lot. But there's a lot of bad dialogue in that movie. Um, there's there's a lot of like joke. Like, you know, you guys hit him. I'm a driver. I'm I am a flyer. flyer. <laughs> like, come on. But come he, on. but Chewie is fantastic. But what I wanted to ask you was, how do you feel about the kind of, uh, not that they're black and white, but the suggested differences in canon, you know, or what you would have perceived as canon prior to see it, you know, maybe stuff with the life debt or stuff with Han helping him free his family. And it doesn't really end up kind of becoming that. How does all of that sit with you as a Chewie fan? So it, it happened on film and that's, that's technically the canon. Um, I, I, the, the, the one thing I wish they could have really imparted more in Solo is like, why does Chewie feel this obligation to, to right, Han? Right. You know, yeah, yeah, you freed him, but you were all you were also you're also in the mix too. So it wasn't like you you did it and you didn't have anything to gain by helping Chewie out. Correct. Um, it wasn't selfless. I, I, yeah, it really wasn't. It really wasn't. Like it would would have been another thing if Han was like an imperial officer and was like all right, like, I'm going to get this, I'm going to get, you know, Chewbacca out of, out of jail for whatever. Right, like, they're not, they're not treating him right. Let's help him out. Right, exactly. It was like, you're in the shits, I'm in the shits. Okay, let's help each other out. Right. Um, it, it was kind of, it was a little disappointing. Like, I don't feel like that bond that, that, you know, carries through, through the movies was really fulfilled. Yeah. Um, I can, I feel like, I can dig that. It was kind of, it was kind of left. It was, it was there, but it wasn't the level that I really wanted it to be. Right. That's my own personal nonsense, you know? Yeah, no, no, no. I get it. All right. So to close this out for the the, the remaining time that we have, um, Mm -hmm. you, you wanted to discuss the sequels and the, the kind of controversial elements and, whether they even be real or not, but the, the kind of the girl power element. Right. So having just watched the, you know, the prequels and the originals, you know, in the last week, the women in 90% of all situations in those earlier films are the ones who are capable. Um, this idea that 
oh, they're they're giving women too much, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they're, you know, they're taking over and all this bullshit, it, which it is, is bullshit. Those were in the originals. Right. If you if you watch a new hope, Leia is the one who who gets them out of that, you know, jam. She's like, all right, we're pinned down here. OK, I'm going to blast a hole in this this door and we're going down the trash chute. Yep. And she gets them out of there. Padme, same thing. She's the one who's quick to pull a gun. Yep. Uh, so these people that are saying like, oh, they're feminizing Star Wars. It's like, like you haven't been watching the same movies I have. And if you're that small-minded and that insecure in yourself that you can't have a woman to save the day, then you really need to, you know, you'll excuse me for saying this, but shut the fuck up. Well, I do uh, think that uh, uh, there is like there that word insecurity that that does play in like and and what i mean by that and i don't mean it like it may be in a traditional argument of it but like mm-hmm. if if somebody is watching this and is like uh you know well, well women women can't do that or, or race should have there should be more explanation for she should have, to have more training than this in order to achieve these or, or whatever the case may be Right. Like there's something about that to me that does have that that stench of insecurity on it of yeah. well 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 why like why do, why does she need this when these other characters haven't needed this and you know um like what is it about a person that they need to understand how this female character could be that strong but didn't necessarily need it with previous characters that weren't women. And like, what is it about it? Like what, what, where does that math break down to, um, to those numbers? And I I don't, I don't quite get it, but if you are, it's because there's something that has to be threatening about it, you know? Absolutely. And and if, and if like, see, I would argue that maybe like, don't turn this into a sound clip and don't at me, but like, I, I, I would say that perhaps it's more sexist of me that it doesn't bother me because I'm like, I don't care. I'm, no woman's going to throw a lightsaber at me. Like, I'm not threatened in any way by these women. Well, I, I, feel like, I feel like the people that are threatened, they need to be this white knight character that comes in and saves the day. You know what? And that's not reality. I've met some strong women in my life. I have strong women in my life. And guess what? They can save the day too. It doesn't, it doesn't, you don't have to be a hero just because you take a leak standing up. Yeah. And and like my, like I think about my wife sometimes and oftentimes, um, and like she would come home from work eight and a half, nine months pregnant, cook dinner, pick kids up, take them upstairs. Like, I don't have that. I don't have that. Like, right. I, you know, I, I get a little, I, I get a little gout flare up and I'm like, I'm down for the day. See you tomorrow. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't understand the narrative of, you know, like saying that, that, Oh, why, why are, why are they making these strong women characters? Well, because guess what, dude, women are strong. And women can be strong. And, it, you know, if you're that affected by it, 
like, I don't know what to tell you, man. Maybe, maybe you need to see a therapist or something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I know. I, I agree. And I, I, and I, and like at the same breath, I'm like, but dude, like, wh- why are you letting this element bother you so much? And at the same time, not appreciate like how intricate Kylo is, how complicated Kylo is, how strong Kylo is, how like, uh, you know, and, and to be, to be fair, like the nuances of Finn, you know, through through right. seven into eight, like why why doesn't this resonate for you? But you're hung up on this over here, or um, you know, even even Snoke, like like just like this a, a male character, but a super interesting character, complicated character, definitely cut a little bit of short, if you know what I'm saying. Right. But um, <laughs> but uh, but like there are plenty of male characters in these films. <laughs> these new films that are super capable, super right. competent. And for some reason they're overlooked. Uh, uh, Saul Guerrero, super interesting character, Cassian, super interesting character. Right. And like, why, uh, even, you know, um, I'm forgetting his name at the moment, but, uh, you know, um, Harrison, not Harrison Ford, uh, fuck. Now I'm forgetting his real name. Uh, you know, Solo's, "Quote unquote mentor in Solo, Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson, um, you know, th- th- super cool character, s- super complicated right. character, like a character to walk away from, kind of remembering, like why why can't we see the forest from the trees? Well, I I think people people have you know it, it there again. I'll do another food analogy. You know, you go out, you have a three course dinner, you have apps, uh, dinner and dessert." Um, Let's let's say your dessert, the whipped cream was a little runny. You know, there there are people who who like you know the meal was awesome, everything was great except for this. But then there is this minority of people that would be the whipped cream was runny and it ruined my entire meal. It's like the littlest like thing that goes against your sensibility is a thing that some of these culture vultures you know, just prey upon and just pick apart and like, can't, can't, like you said, see the, see the forest for the trees. And it's like, you know, there there was all this great stuff and there was this minor little thing that bothered you for some unknown reason. And you just let it, let it ruin your entire experience. I don't understand it. And I don't. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I think that, um, it's like, it's like I, I don't know. I, I feel like we see this in other stuff, and it, it, yeah. it doesn't. It doesn't hit. It's like there's something about there's something about the Star Wars water that's like people are looking for a reason, and I'm right. not sure I totally get why. Um, like like well, the the whole A Force thing in Endgame. Um, yeah, doesn't get the same. There's a little bit of it. There's a little bit of it out there if you look hard enough. But it doesn't right. get the same reaction. The whole, um, I mean, Captain Marvel saves saves the day in that film, right? You know, and like it doesn't get the same energy. And I, I like, I'm like, I don't understand the inconsistency there. Why do we accept this, you know, and not accept this? Yeah. Um, right. And I'm I'm thinking maybe because it's a ratio thing, you know, like, uh, you know, there's so many male characters. You know, and strong male characters, strong female characters, but there's so many that like the the odds are. I don't know. I, I like I, like this is me trying to make sense of it. I don't have the answer. But yeah, I, neither do I. 
It, 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 you know, I often, I often wonder if it's the, the fan base. Um, I feel like there are a lot more, um, female fans of star Wars, if that makes sense. Um, that kind of grew up with it, that have been fans for a while. And like, I just feel like the level of neck beard of star Wars fans, like, for the most part, I would say that most Star Wars fans are 100% legit. I'd be happy to have a cup of coffee with them. You know, if I still smoked, have smoke a butt with them and talk about Star Wars. But I feel like the bad Star Wars fans are so, like, it's just such a level of hatred. And, you know, this is my thing and I don't want anything to intrude on my thing. Um, that that it it, it it kind of breeds this like uber neckbeard um, level of like just like the stuff where the 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 actress who played Rose was getting like death threats on Instagram or on yeah. you know whatever. There's there's Instagram what? accounts that I follow that are Star Wars centric or Star Wars news, and whenever they post anything about some stuff that comes out about episode eight, like behind the scenes stuff or stuff that Ryan Johnson's working on for future Star Wars. They, they, they'll, they'll turn the comments off on all those posts just because they don't want to be bothered with it. It is like, like, yeah. And like, there's a, um, that term vocal minority. I think that they're the people that are that do get upset about that. And I understand why. And let me try to break this down. This is one of those things numbers wise that I do get. So I think that there's probably in the age group of 35 to 45, the majority mm-hmm. of people don't like it. But they are only exposing themselves to that demographic, and therefore they feel as though they're justified and they feel as though they are the kind of popular opinion. But if you right. go to Celebration and you see how many children love these new Star Wars films, my children love these new Star Wars films, I see kids at the bus stop with Star Wars shirts on, the kid uh, I interviewed, uh, and I ended up losing the interview, which is a super bummer. Um, but I interviewed him. He lives in my neighborhood, and he gets picked on. He gets picked on at school, yeah. and, he, yeah, and he had to fight this kid at school, and he got suspended. It's a whole thing. But um, he was picked on for months and months and months and months and months. I mean, k- kids throwing his books in the trash, terrible shit. And he finally, yeah, I know that guy. Right. And he finally punched this one dude in the face, and he hasn't had a problem since. But I always see him like in a Chewbacca sweatshirt or uh, like, you know, the sweatshirt right. where it looks like it's actually Chewbacca, like in the bandolier goes across it and everything. And um, that's my man. Yeah, <laughs> right. So so I asked him, I was like, is it I was like, is it Star Wars, man? Like, cause I see you went around the Star Wars stuff. And he was like, he was like, no, no, no. He's like, Star Wars is cool. Like the, the kids that pick on me wear Star Wars shirts. It's the other stuff. So it's like that's how popular that shit is, is that even the bullies are wearing the Star Wars stuff and then picking on this kid because he likes Pokemon or whatever the case may be. Right. And that's what I think the 35 to 45-year-old male demographic doesn't understand, and the ones that are subscribing to that philosophy, is that this is beloved. It's just not beloved by this 10-year gap. Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, go ahead. And I feel like people that have something negative to say, they feel like they need to shout it from the rooftops, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And guess, you know, and, and so there, there's this level of anonymous, anonymous. Yeah. That, that 
you know, I can say whatever I want and there's no consequences. Yeah. I take a very hard line. I don't post anything online that I would not say to your face. Yeah, if I don't have the stones to say it to your face, I'm not going to say it online. And I'm also, if there's something that I particularly don't like or agree with, and I'm scrolling through my Facebook feed or whatever, guess what I do? I scroll on by because I ain't got time for that. I really don't. Yeah, I, I get in, um, and we, we got to wrap this up, but like uh, I had a conversation with a friend of mine, uh, a, a guy who I consider a friend anyway, this guy Todd, and um, you know he didn't like being called the vocal minority. He doesn't like aid. He he. he you know, he thinks it's all SJW stuff. And he was like, he was like, look around on YouTube and tell me if I'm the vocal minority. And I was like, well, see, that's, that is my argument. My, my counter argument to that is like, okay, dude, well then now find me somebody on YouTube under 30 that feels the same way. Right. And, you know, like it's just, it's just this one particular generation. And I think that a lot of times it's like this stuff goes on. Right. And there, cause there is like with social justice or whatever you want to call it, there is the pendulum can swing too far. Absolutely. You know, where uh, there's something going on actually in, in near where I live where, um, you know, you, like, I don't want to get too much into it, but it's a, it's a political thing and uh, it's, it's, it's edgy, but it's like a certain yeah. line of questioning that cops are asking. And yeah. it's, it's not a violation of anyone's rights. It's just a line of questioning. And from those questions, they're, they're, they've they have removed sixteen hundred convicted violent criminals from the area, right? And there are people that are like, "Well, you're violating this." And it's like, "Well, I'm not violating anything constitutionally." But like, so that might be an extreme of the quote unquote social justice, whatever. And I think that right. sometimes that stuff comes out in the ether. You know, a time where Dave Chappelle can't make a joke. And we all can't look around and laugh with each other about these jokes where, you know, 10, yes. 15 years ago, he would joke about black people, white people, gay people, straight people, pedophiles, right. you know, and we would all sit together and laugh at each other and laugh with one another. And right. that era is so far gone that I think that people are, are can be so hypersensitive that people try to balance the scales but they try to balance them by standing so heavy on the equal and opposite side where if more right. of us just planted our feet in the middle maybe we could balance it out that way yeah no exactly and i you know i get a good friend of mine called me a transphobe because i was like you know what i'm not super comfortable with a trans woman competing against my 16 year old daughter in a combat sport right i got Right. You know, no, I, I, I get it. I get it. Like, there's, you know, the, the thing is, is like we're going through these changes as a culture, as a society, and we have to work through it to find out what the best scenario is for all, you know, and, right. and, and, and there's going to be growing pains during that process. But if we can't have the dialogue, if we can't question things, if we can't come up with reasonable um what are you supposed to do in marriage that I'm not very good at? Compromise. If we can't come up with reasonable <laughs> compromise, then we're never going to move forward. We're always going to be stuck in this kind of stalemate. Right. You know, right. you, you have, I think the biggest, the biggest problem with all the SJW stuff and all of that is not having the confidence in your own specific side of the argument to be able to listen to somebody who's coming from a totally different place right. and saying, 
and unpacking what they have to say and listening to them with an open mind and not being that person that's just waiting to talk, to actually being able to take that information in, process it, and be able to retort and say, okay, well, I agree with it because of X, Y, and Z, or I disagree with that statement because of X, Y, and Z. We're so quick to paint to other everybody. Well, they're a Republican, or they're a Democrat, or they're an SJW, or they're alt-right, or they're blah, 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 blah. Right. You know, and, and there are lines, you know, if somebody's straight up, you know, like literally got the swastika tattooed over their chest, like, I got no time for you, homie. Sure. Like, you can go fuck yourself with all that. Um, but I think we need we need to listen, be able to listen to people's, you know, gripes and 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 say, OK, well, I see where you're coming from, but this is this is really what they were saying. That. And I think it comes down to, you know. It comes down to Star Wars, too, where it's, you know, what what didn't you like about this? Why well, like this, this and this? It's like, OK, well, you do realize that these female characters throughout the entire history of Star Wars have all been super capable. So this isn't a new thing. So if you're upset about that, then I don't know what you're doing, even watching watching the films to begin with, you know? Right. And I also think that, like, um, two things that, like, it's OK like sometimes like once again that equinopsy reaction being so strong like it's a okay to be like look like i'm not crazy about uh holdo as a character i think she's fine she doesn't bother me you know i don't hate her or hate her character and i think that the movie would probably be better off had they put uh admiral akbar in that spot right but if if yeah. So if if you hate that character, but I'm like, okay, if I put Admiral Akbar in that spot and he says those same words, do you hate that character? Then there's and right. you, and and you don't. Then there's an issue. But if you put Akbar right. in that spot and you still hate what that character does and the decisions they make, then okay, cool. Now we can have a real dialogue about it. Um, right. And I also would would advise anyone listening in any capacity to be wary of subscribing to any group. And then thinking that because you identify with a particular group, whatever that group may be, Republican, Democrat, um, PTA, you know what I mean? Like whatever, whatever that group is doesn't mean that you have to believe everything that the group believes in to the letter. Absolutely, You can yes. say, you know, you can be like, look, I'm a part of this group because I, I identify with the overwhelming majority of morals, ethics, values, views, whatever the case may be. But you know what? At the same time, I'm not going to go ahead and go down the line with A, B and C because I don't necessarily agree or believe in that. And, and that's right. and that's fine. Like, it doesn't have to yes. be all or nothing. Um, but anyway, Gord, do you have some questions for our guest today? I do. Uh, what, what is your favorite lightsaber color? Actually, actually real quick, um, Matt, there was one other thing that you wanted to add. Go ahead. Uh, so in my opinion, you know, it's like some people like chocolate, some people like vanilla, you know, it doesn't mean that one of us is right. and One of us is wrong. Um, but at the end of the day, let's let's be civilized about voicing our displeasure as a, as a whole. Let's be you know, let's be constructive about our criticisms. Not you know, not that I'm saying that anyone who listens to this is gonna you know do like. Let's stop with the goddamn death threats. Like, come on. Like, people are trying to make a living. People are trying to live their lives. Let's be better people about how we voice our displeasure. Yeah. I guess is what. I hear you. 
You well know. said. Gort, what do you got? Well, moving on uh, into the questions. Uh, what is your favorite lightsaber color? I'm going to have to say blue. Blue? Blue. Mm-hmm. Obi-Wan, that's what Obi-Wan rocks. I've, I've been hearing a lot of purple lately. But, uh, yeah, no, good for a change. Uh, what is your favorite faction in the movies? Wookiees. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. All right, jetpack or lightsaber? Lightsaber all day. We can we can by the films. Jetpack never works out well. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Who is your favorite female character? Ooh, that's a tough. That I'm going to say Padme. Mm. All right, good choice. Uh, what is your favorite line of dialogue by Chewbacca? And can you please recite it for us? <laughs> What's the best gizmo in R2-D2's arsenal? Ah, uh, I'm going to that little zapper thing, the, the stun gun. He, he, he's, he was rocking a stun gun. Well, before anyone even knew what a stun gun was, he's an innovator and a uh, pioneer in, the, in stun gun technology. Truth. <laughs> All right, Bobby, you have some? Uh, yes, I do. But uh, I'm going to let I'm going to forego them because we we kind of went over in our our other conversation, and my kid needs some Octonauts attention, so I'm going to let it go. But Matt, I do want to thank you for coming on today. Um, no problem. I did appreciate pleasure. the conversation. It was nice to finally get a chance to talk to you as well. And, Absolutely. Uh, and Gort, uh, thank you for hosting. <laughs> pleasure. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we'll be back in two All weeks. Right. Hey, All right. Matt, is there anything you want to say? You, could find, you want people to follow you on anything or like you on anything? Or is there anything that you want to say while we I'm while on, you, while you have the opportunity? I'm on Facebook under Matt Hurd if you want a friend with request me that's fine i don't post very often um you'll see me bouncing around the realm of collectors um that's pretty much it i don't do the twitter or you know any of that other stuff i'm pretty uh low low key if somebody would like to uh do carrier pigeons i'm into that as well so (laughs) that's cool all right smoke signals you know (laughs) we'll see you guys in two weeks